Shalom Aleichem, on behalf of Teach 613, we welcome you to take 10 for Talmud. Babakama Be'peches, Babakama 88a, pagination is 175, starting from one line up at the end of the line. Imei Rav Bar Abba Me'agrunya, the mother of Rav Shmuel Bar Abba, have a Nesivale L'Rebi Abba. She was now married to Rebbe Abba. So even though the name Abba shows up in both names, but this Rav Shmuel Bar Abba was apparently the child of a person by the name of Abba, and after his passing, or perhaps a divorce, or whatever it is, his mother got married to a different person, whose name was also Abba, but this person is known as Reb Abba, apparently a Tamil Chacham. And while she was married to this Reb Abba, the second husband, She wrote her property over as a gift to her son, Reb Shmuel Bar Abba, through her first husband. Bosa de Shriva, after she died, Ozurav Shmuel Bar Abba, Kamedra Birmia, so the son who was the recipient of the gift, came in front of Rabirmiya Bar Abba, apparently an unrelated Abba, because if it was his brother, for example, he wouldn't be able to rule on the case. Uh, it was a popular name. Rabirmiya Bar Abba ruled on the case, Ukme bin and said that the son to whom the mother wrote the property during her lifetime should indeed be the valid recipient. Ozo Rebbe Abba, so the second husband, went, and he related the story to Rav Hoshia. Something obviously bothered them. Ozo Rav Hoshia, so Rav Hoshia went and related the story to Rav Yehuda. Amalei and Rav Yehuda said, "Hachi Amar Shmuel, this is what Shmuel taught. Ha'isha shemachra benichse melug bechaye baila umesa. This very case, a woman that sold the property during her husband's lifetime, and then she died. Habal motzi miyad alakuchos." The husband can take the property away from the purchaser. And this is essentially that case. The son from the first marriage wasn't a buyer, but he was a recipient of a gift, which the woman was giving to him while she was already married to the second husband. And that's this rule, that property is called Nechse Malug, Property has an interesting halacha that the woman owns it in principle. Fundamentally, she owns it. But the produce which it is producing goes to the husband during their marriage. So that, for example, if it was an apartment building, the woman continues to own the apartment building just as she owned it before. But now the rent is going to be collected and owned by the husband. If she owns an orange grove, 
So she continues to own the orange grove, but the husband, during their marriage, gets the produce of the orange grove. Now, one interesting consideration, which really leads us to the essence of the Shaila here, is that when the woman dies, the husband is the one who is supposed to inherit the property. And the husband would inherit the property before her children would inherit her. It's only if the husband's already dead and she dies a single woman, then the children would inherit her. But in this case, she was still married at the time of her passing. The husband should have inherited her, and that's why Reb Abba was so confused by what was going on here and frustrated and objecting, really. But the way we're understanding it, as Reb Yirmiya Bar Abba understood it, is that she successfully sold the principal to her son, or in this case, gifted it to her son from the first marriage. And as a result, upon her passing, the husband has nothing. The husband wants to continue eating the fruit. Well, she's, he's no longer married to her because she's dead. The husband wants to be able to inherit the property. The property is already sold. It doesn't belong to her. It's gifted. And the husband walks away with nothing. Now, Amrua Kamed Rabiyamiya Bar Abba, they told Rabiyamiya Bar Abba that Shmuel ruled in the case of a woman who sells the property during the marriage that the husband can take it away. And he said, I don't know what Shmuel said, but I'm basing myself on a statement from a Mishnah, the Tanan as we learned. A person can be kosev nechosav levno la'achar moso. A person can write as a gift to one of his sons, to the exclusion of the other children, perhaps. He writes to one of his sons his property with a condition that he should continue to be able to utilize the property and have the peros, the produce, during his lifetime. So you have, for example, an aging man who decides that he wants to live in his house until he passes away, but upon his passing, he wants it directly and totally to go to this specific child. So what he might do is gift the property to the child during his lifetime with the condition that the child is only getting the principal, but the produce should stay in his possession until his passing. And then he'll have the best of everything. The product, the item I should say, is going to go to the child and the fruit of the product during his lifetime, he wants to be able to live in the property, he's going to be able to have it. So the Brisa continues and says, Mochar Habein, what happens if the child sells the property. So we need to understand 
the person who is selling the property too will not get the produce during the father's lifetime because the father only gave the child the product without the produce during his lifetime. But the other person would own the item, he would own the house, and upon the father's passing, it would go directly to that buyer. The child, as a result, can would be able to have sold it, and he generated money for himself. Now, that, Rabbi Yirmiyabar Abba argues, indicates that a person who has a division of ownership in which the produce is owned by one person and the item is owned by another, the person who owns the item is able to sell the item as long as he doesn't infringe on the produce during the time that the produce belongs to whoever it is. And therefore, just as the child is able to sell the item to a buyer as long as he leaves his father's rights to use the item intact during the father's lifetime, so too the woman was able to gift the item to her son such that upon her passing it should belong to him exclusively as long as she doesn't infringe in the produce rights that her husband has during the marriage. And therefore he ruled that upon her passing it goes to her son. This is described as the question, Kinyan Peros, Lav Kikinyan Haguftami. Owning the produce of the item doesn't mean you own the item. And the Gemara therefore wants to explain the ruling of Shmuel, who said that the husband can take the property back and be the actual Yorish inheritor. And the answer and explanation that's given is that Rabbi Yirmiyabar Abba was 100% correct in his comparison. Really, the woman should be able to do this gift to her son from the first marriage. However, four lines up from the bottom, Mishim Takonas Usha, there was a legislation made in Usha that the husband should have greater status and opportunity to be able to inherit than this would allow, because the wife can circumvent the normal inheritance. And they wanted the marriage and the assets should be stable and she shouldn't be able to undo that. And therefore, the Omar of Yossi Barchanina, Be'usha Hiskinu, they made a rule when the Sanhedrin was in Usha, Ha'isha Shamacha Umesa, that if a woman does sell the property during her husband's lifetime and then she dies, the husband can take it away from the purchaser. And Rashi explains because the husband was deemed to be a lokeach rishon, as if he's the first buyer. Just like you have a first buyer, so he gets it. If for some reason the first buyer isn't relevant, 
then the second buyer can step in. Over here also, if the woman dies while the husband is still alive and married to her, then that husband is considered the first buyer. If the husband dies or the husband divorces her, then she's not married to him. And then the second buyer would indeed have claim to the property. But if things are the way we're describing them, in the case that was presented, she was still married, and therefore the husband was considered the Lokeach Rishon, and the son in this case would not get the property. And that's how we Paskin, the Rush, specifically explains because of this Usha Takana, even though Rabbi Yerim logic otherwise is correct, but because of the Takana, the husband would get the inheritance, and whatever the woman did to undermine that would have worked in theory. She can sell the property, leaving the produce in his hands, but the Usha Takana undoes that potential and opportunity for her to do that. Yeshe thank you for joining.